Magazines on backup. I'm Kyle. I'm Rob. And today we are talking about Peter Jackson's King Kong, the official video game of the movie. There you go. <laughs> wow, you got the full title too. Uh, I thought that was the funniest. <laughs> that might be my favorite moment. Is the like title screen? <laughs> as soon as you turned on the game, and I started laughing so hard, I nearly died. <laughs> uh but yeah so we did a full playthrough of this on our twitch yeah. channel it is also uploaded to our youtube uh now uh it was a lot of fun uh beat the game in about five hours probably six uh if yes. you add everything together yeah um but uh yeah uh, so i'm very excited to talk about the game uh and <laughs> but first we always have news. news we don't have a lot of news today but we have enough yeah, we have um, some big some big talking points. Yeah. So, okay. So first off, uh, this is one that I almost missed because it came out like literally <laughs> right after we finished the last episode. Uh, so uh, we got the trailer for Jurassic World Camp Cretaceous Season 4, uh, which actually comes out December 3rd. So it will be our first episode oh, wow. in December. <laughs> Um, uh, me and Coleman will be tackling it as always. Uh, he, dope, you know, dope. we'll be, we'll be meeting up that weekend and going into all the details of the, uh, season. So, uh, but this trailer revealed a lot, but also hit a lot, but also I didn't realize what? that there was an entertainment <laughs> weekly episode, or, uh, article that came out right after the trailer that actually broke down some of the big surprises in this, uh, trailer uh, that I, I just, I, I missed it. Nobody posted it. I had no idea it existed. Uh, so we're going to go into some details here. So, okay. So the trailer starts off, uh, revealing pretty much exactly what I assumed was going to happen at the beginning of this season. So at the end of season three, they escaped the Island on the boat, but they Yay. have no compass. They have oh. no way of navigating. So they're just kind of like, I think this is East. Um, <laughs> they didn't, they don't know what sunrise is. <laughs> Uh, but then, uh, of course, before they get too far away from anything, they get attacked by the Mosasaurus, uh, which, of course, has been released into the wild now because the end of season three was that opening sequence from Fallen Kingdom uh, where, you know, the T-Rex ate the – they're, like, pulled on the chopper and the chopper like, yeah. flew away and the Mosasaurus got out through the doors. Anyway, yeah. so the Mosasaurus attacks their boat, clearly destroys it, um, and they wash up on an island. Oh. Um, now <laughs> – they are not. They are, I, <laughs> hold on. They are not on Isla Nublar, uh, and a lot of people, including myself, uh, were assuming that they were just going to land on Sorna because uh, it would make the most sense. Turns out, 
That's not the case. Uh, the Entertainment Weekly article, uh, speaking with the executive producer Scott Creamer, uh, actually says that the island is not Isla Sonora, and it's not one of the five death islands. This is a new island for the <laughs> canon that nobody knew about. <laughs> Uh, which oh boy makes sense technically because in the trailer we get to see it's kind of like this weird like very tech heavy island where there's it like almost like a turbo tech there's like an invisible fortress there's robot hounds there's uh there's drones there's maser cannons there's drones <laughs> well the drones feel like you know something we can well, have seen... in our timeline and we've seen the drones before on Sor- on Nublar yeah uh, that's true so. Uh, it, it the the drones are not the weird thing. The really weird thing is like the almost Truman Show esque, I guess, dinosaur enclosures <laughs> that are on this island. Yeah, um, where I, it's like a holographic like like wall. I mean, it's not holographic. Yeah. It's like just a wall with like a, a screen on it. A screen and that's like, like they've oh, they washed up on Skull Island. It turns out. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, yeah, so there's very techie things. Like, there's uh, robot dogs, which everybody was freaking out about on the poster. We get to see them a little more. Uh, there is uh, some uh, big surprises with a creature that I'm about to talk about. Um, but uh, we, yeah, we don't know much. Uh, and in the interview on Entertainment Weekly, they just, they they specifically stayed away from a lot of spoilers. Yeah. Um, but they're talking, like, one of the things Creamer really brought up is that, um they wanted to really throw a like throw the kids into an environment that they didn't wouldn't be able to easily understand and work through their problems with because you know the last 3 seasons have been them running away from dinosaurs and even though the scorpius uh, in the last season was very much a dinosaur that they could not figure out its behaviors because it was just you know batshit insane <laughs> yeah um they the the creators of the show really wanted to give like a completely new feel to the next season by having so them now deal they're with fighting robots. Yeah, they're fighting robots and then a saber tooth tiger because we are getting oh, yeah. ancient mammals in the Jurassic Park franchise. Finally, um, there was actually a tease of that in season one of Camp Cretaceous where Doctor Wu mentioned that he had mammoth DNA that he was studying. Oh. Uh, so. This has been actually in the plans for uh, quite a while that, uh, you know, bringing in these, like, you know, ancient mammals alongside the dinosaurs is going to be something that's probably going to happen going forward, I would assume, in the franchise that we see on screen as well. (laughs) Um, So... Uh, they yes. also combine them with frog DNA, though they are <laughs> half half frog. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, no. Uh, so we yeah, we do get to see a, a Smilodon, aka saber tooth cat, in the trailer. Um, we you know there are some teases from Kramer saying that there may be other creatures like it that we have not seen yet that was not in the trailer. Because also keep in mind the trailer was only a minute long and the show is going to be ten episodes, so <laughs> there's a lot we haven't seen. Um, we'll get a Megasloth companion now. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. Um, oh. <laughs> 
So we do get to see uh, some a new T-Rex. Uh, this is not Rexy, who uh, is not looking too great. Uh, he or she has a lot of injuries on it. Yeah. Uh, and it's fighting a Kentrosaurus, a.k.a. one of the Stegosaur family. Uh, we do get to see the Spinosaurus that we talked about last episode coming back. Spinos making its back. first appearance. Uh, they we did it. They do heavily hint that while this is not taking place on Sorna, this is very possibly the exact same Spino from Sorna. So oh. whoever is running this organization or this this island may have stolen the Spino from Sorna and brought it here. Um, another thing we do get to see, which is very exciting, uh, or th- this wasn't in the trailer, but this was officially released on that article, is we do get to see a new group of raptors, which therefore means that Blue is not the only Velociraptor in the Jurassic Park universe uh, at this time, which is very cool, very cool thing, because uh, a lot of people were very upset, you know, in the Jurassic World franchise, basically Blue's the only one left. Like, there's no, you know, uh, all the raptor squad are dead. Like, there's not been any new clones made of raptors because, well, the cloning technology, I guess, just leaked, so maybe there will be in. Yeah. Dominion, but uh, but they they look like the Jurassic World raptors uh, in design. Uh, so they they don't have the quills or anything from Jurassic Park three. So these are not Jurassic Park three va- raptors like the Spino maybe from Sorna. These are not from Sorna. These are new, brand new cloned raptors. Um, but anyway, uh, so the, like once again, the trailer just kind of shows little glimpses of what's going on, but we don't get a full like idea of. Really, what's happening in this <laughs> season at all? But um, you know, it's it's gonna be great. I I, re- I decided to rewatch uh, you know the Camp Cretaceous because since I knew it was coming very very soon, uh, so I'm about to finish my second watch of season uh, three, which I'm still really enjoying. Um, it's gonna be very very fun to return with these kids uh, to a new environment and a new situation. Um, and like I said, <laughs> me and Coleman will be coming back and talking about that one. So moving right along. Um, yeah. so we got a new trailer, uh, yeah. for a Yuzu. Yes. Yuzu, uh, Yuzu, Yuzu, Yuzo, 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 sorry. Yuzo, yeah. The biggest battle in Tokyo. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and this is, uh, a film that has some actual, like, really good people behind the camera. Um, <laughs> so it's being directed by Yoshikazu Ishii, a.k.a. the director of Ultraman Ginga S and Attack of the Giant Teacher. Yeah. Uh, and then the uh, cinematography. Oh, God. If, I wonder if I can find who's doing the actual suitmation stuff. Basically, it has a lot of talented people behind the camera. Obviously, it looks yeah. kind of like, you know, it's uh, I wouldn't say cheaply got, made, but it's got that like... <laughs> that modern day SRS, low budget, not like, you know, not cheaply made, but low budget film. Yes. You know? Yes, exactly. Um, kind of born out of the, like, the, you know, Yakuza Machine Girl, Tokyo Gore Police, like, <laughs> uh, Z budget, like... Uh, film community from uh, Japan from like the early 2000s. This is kind of like what they're doing with that now where it's just like, we got a group of people together who are very talented and then we're filming it with like a digital camera. And then we're going to like, you know, uh, kind of like film in very tight, like small locations. It it looks charming uh, in the same way that like, um, yeah, like giant teacher and the, uh, 
the other the like giant seafood battle one yes. that I got, which we do need to cover. <laughs> oh yes, it, 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 it and it is very definitively a comedy as well. By the way, um, and this yeah, uh, I, this makes a lot of sense now that I looked it up for a second. Uh, so oh. the guy who designed the creature, which is a very good creature design, uh, is he has also worked on a few other big kaiju films, like say I don't know oh. GMK. Uh, nice. Final Wars, Gamera the Brave. Oh. Uh, he worked on Howl from Beyond the Fog, uh, Brush of the Gods as well. So like nice. he's got some got some good credits behind his name. Uh, one of the actors, uh, one of the main uh, human actors in the film is uh, the uh, one of the dudes from Shin Godzilla. One of the uh, the one uh, one of the lead uh, lead actors from Shin Godzilla. So oh. Yeah, so it should be should be pretty fun. Uh, I don't think it has a release date or anything like that. Nothing telling us when it's going to come out, especially not in the states. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, it's something definitely to keep an eye on. Uh, and yeah, we've we've been uh, keeping an eye on it since we got the first tease of it uh, yeah. a little while ago. So I love the suit, and it's always good to see Suitmation back on the the big the big screen <laughs> in my living room. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So the last real piece of news or actual like influx of new news uh, (laughs) is uh, so we just learned this like literally this morning. Uh, So the Jurassic World Dominion prologue. Yeah. um, Supposedly the one from IMAX, although there is a little 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 thing that I need to point out with this. (laughs) Uh, Supposedly it's the the Cretaceous scene that we saw in IMAX or that I went and saw in IMAX. Um, Yeah. But here's the thing. Uh, so the one for the IMAX clip was only five minutes long. The one that's premiering yeah. on NBC tomorrow on Tuesday is six minutes long, which means there's oh. a whole extra minute of something. Um, I don't think it's going to be like an actual trailer for the film, but I would not be surprised if they added more uh like snippets of footage at the end because the way that the original went is it was the Cretaceous scene and then it showed Rexy attacking a drive-in and then it showed just like a bunch of like little like short clips uh, from the movie like the Mosasaur attacking a boat and yada yada yeah. so it was very short like little cut 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 so with this being an extra minute long maybe we will get a few more extra like little cuts you know maybe a few more little extra scenes like that uh, it's a minute-long apology to Paleo Twitter. It just starts <laughs> with saying like black screen, white text. It's also possible. We're so sorry. It's also possible <laughs> that the minute is beforehand with like I don't know Chris Pratt uh, like explaining the footage or something. You know what I mean? Or <laughs> a time portal opens up and Chris Pratt walks out and he's like, "Whoa! Thank gosh, we got out of that Jurassic planet." Oh no, we went back too far. <laughs> oh no, now we're in a real Jurassic planet. And that's that's the that's, that's the premise that's for the, the end of this movie is flashing <laughs> is they make it they have to make a time machine to go back travel. to Jurassic Park, the nineties movie oh, no. to stop Yeah. <laughs> Oh God! Uh, but anyway, uh, so the good thing about that is, is for all those people that missed that footage in IMAX, uh, it's very likely, whether through a m- official means or through leak means, we should uh-huh. be getting a good quality version of that uh, teaser trailer. 
online on Tuesday or Wednesday. So that's really exciting. It's really fun. I'm excited for more people to see it because I think it really did a good job. Uh, and I think Pale- uh, not that Paleo Twitter was completely wrong because there is a lot of inaccuracies in that footage. But I do think that like seeing it for yourself will give you a better gauge of what they were trying to do, not what you assumed they were trying to do. So <laughs> anyway, um, so the next piece of news in air quotes uh, is something that we need to address slash talk about briefly. Yeah. Uh, we, we're not going to go into it in full yet because we have more uh, information coming to us. Uh, well, with- I'm still researching the topic. Exactly. Like, that's the thing. Uh, I, because this is like, uh, so specifically we're talking about the artist alley situation with G fest, which if you are unfamiliar and aren't on Twitter, uh, recently, um, uh, cause a lot of artists paid for 2020 and then they got the opportunity, uh, towards the end of 2020 when it was like clear, okay, it's not going to happen because of COVID you can roll your fee over to 2021. So a lot of artists did, uh, Eric was one of them. Uh, I think Lisa too, a bunch of artists that like I'm personal friends with, you know, um, and they did roll over the fee, but then this year they updated the uh, artist room contact or contract, which is like what you can and can't do in the artist alley. Um, and the update that is causing a, a bit of a hubbub is that you are no longer to bring, uh, no longer allowed to bring mass produced, and that's like specifically the quote, uh, like articles of like art or merchandise. So that means like, you know, people like Lisa Nofsinger who make uh, these really cute, you know, Batra pins and like, you know, Hedra like art, uh, uh, Kaiju Hime, who I also have a collection of pins from. Um, and it also means prints, Matt, like if you made multiple prints, you know, 20, like 10 prints of one drawing that you made, uh, you can't sell those. Um, and that's a pretty big deal because that's a huge chunk of revenue for artists yes. because one of the big benefits to an artist at being these, at these conventions is um, there's something called tactile marketing where someone is way more likely to buy something if they are physically holding it in their hand. It's like 90%. It's like a huge difference like conversion rate from you know just putting like hey i put new merch out on my like online store or whatever you know physically being able to pick up the object you're like way more likely to be like oh yeah i would love to wear this pin on my shirt or whatever um so that's a that's a big deal that's a huge loss of revenue and so a lot of these artists who are like well then what are like the options are hand draw a bunch of stuff there or you know don't go and so it's just like, it's kind of like, you know, yes. like it's easier to sell a hundred $2 pins than it is to sell one $200, like, you know, commission. Yes, know? exactly. And <sighs> okay. So here's, you know, there's more to this, of course, but I, oh, yes. I just wanted to bring up something very specific with us. So there's a lot of conversations going on right now about what people should do or what they should be doing or whatever Mm. because of this new ruling. And while Rob has a lot more to say about 
why this why this is happening and you know who is to blame if there is anybody to blame and once again mm. we are still researching it and we plan yeah. on releasing some sort of article or video that with Rob like going into the full details of what he found and like yeah. we're, we're talking to the artists we're talking to actually some people that have legal uh like training lawyers and lo- I'm talking lawyers. to an IP lawyer and actually excited lawyer. about that <laughs> um so you know we are actually researching this um because well it actually seems like nobody else is so we're <laughs> we're we're kind of taking the time to actually look into this and see what's going on and what are the legalities um and, uh, you know okay so here's Here's one of the biggest things that a lot of people are bringing up, and and uh, uh, before we take our stance on what we are doing re- in regards to GFS, I did want to bring this up, is that a lot of the artists, including big names, and that's that's something to really point out here is like we're not just talking about artists like um, that are that are smaller names or like, like Eric, like personal friends of the cast. Sorry about the truck. Uh, <laughs> people who are actually show up like on our episodes, you know. No, we're like, talking Matt Frank. Matt Frank. You know, Jeff Zarno. Dope Pope. Dope Pope. Those, go, those guys are specifically bringing up this fact that uh, I could literally go to any other convention in the States and sell the stuff like I've always been selling it, and yeah. it would be fine. And they are right. They are right. This is 100% a decision that is being made. By J.D. Lees, who runs G-Fest. Now, whether it's the right decision or not, that's kind of up to you guys to really determine yourselves, uh, especially once Rob comes out with whatever we come out with, with the full like research that we can do on our side to kind of give people as much of a open viewing of the situation as we possibly yeah. can. We at Tokyo Lives are siding with the artists. Um, not yeah. necessarily as a full, just like, like a blacklist G-Fest. That's not really what we're doing. No. What we want is we want for JD and the people that are running G-Fest and the artists who have an actual sit down and actually come to a conversation about if, if the artist alley cannot be run like we've been running it before, how can we do this while making it still profitable for the artists to come to your convention and yeah. for you to have an artist alley? Like, what can we all do together as a community, as a G-Fan community, to come up with a solution to the problem that is now a thing? That's not what's happening. And that's really what we at Tokyo Lives are really adamant that this this needs to be fixed not necessarily you know if if artist alley can't ever be the same it can't ever be the same that sucks and i know it's going to affect a lot of people's income as far as artists are concerned it's going to make a lot of those artists not even go to g fest because they are going to go to oh well there's a convention in town that weekend that i can literally set up a table at and sell my prints and i can just go there i can go to an anime convention right an anime convention a comic convention a yeah whatever like so what we at Tokyo Lives are doing, and we already posted about this. I also posted about this in our Discord chat, more specifically talking about why and when, what we are doing is, yes, we are saying that we are not going to go to G-Fest until this this conversation that desperately needs to happen happens and yeah. some sort of solution has come to. Uh, we understand that it, it does suck that G-Fest is like the convention for Tokyo Lives to try and go and meet our fans and... You yeah. know, have a dialogue with you people. We had a great time when we went and we had we went out to that pizza restaurant. We had a blast. That was so much fun. Yeah. 
got getting to meet some of our fans and our, our patrons and even people that aren't, aren't our patrons, but just like people that know our podcast. That was so much fun. Um, yeah. And we'd love to do it again, and we will do it again, I'm sure. Whether whether it's at G-Fest or if we find some other convention that we know that, you know, if, like, a lot of the artists decide, oh, we're going to go to this convention for art instead, maybe we'll go to that convention and just have a yeah. panel or a booth set up or something. But for now, until a, until a conversation can happen, until a sit-down can happen and... You know, I talked a lot about this on the stream. So if you're really interested in like a full breakdown of my thoughts and Rob's thoughts, I think uh, yeah. you can go listen to us talk about like how the dialogue should happen, aka people who have influence like JD and even some of the bigger artists can maybe throw their weight behind their name and being like, hey, like yeah. <laughs> Matt Frank I- drives a lot of traffic to G Fest. <laughs> I'm just saying he does yeah. like, it's not, it's, I, I mean, you know, he would never admit it because he's a humble dude, but like he does like a lot of people go to G fest to meet with Matt Frank. So yeah. he's the one that should be able to approach JD and be like, okay, Hey, what you're doing is not right. I understand the fan art situation, but yeah, we need to do something. We need to come up with some sort of conversation. Yeah. I, yeah, I think, I think that's kind of like, uh, the thing I was trying to figure out, like, um, when I first started like researching this, cause like, obviously my gut instinct is like, someone's putting down the little guy, you know? And I, I got pretty upset after reading Kaiju Hime's post. I was like, I can't believe they're going to like do that. And I shared it with like, you know, the, like Kyle and like Cameron and Marissa, we talked about it. And then like, we kind of like, we're thinking about like, well, should we like, what should we do? And we were all kind of like already like, sort of like on the fence about G fest stuff. And then it was like, this is like, okay, now this is like a, like a big clear, like ringing bell. Like, cause here's the thing. The Kaiju community is a niche group, right? It's small. It's not a huge, like cultural shaker, you know, mm-hmm. it's not anime. It's not, you know, comics. It is a, it is a subsection of those things. And with that small community comes, you know, all the problems of a larger community, but all the benefit of being able to function like a community and to talk to each other and to grow with each other and to learn from each other. Right now, Toho has a vested interest in defending their IP because they're starting to sell merch again. Um, which is what led to the lawsuit right now in Iowa where there are a bunch or was it Iowa? Or is it Illinois? Oh my gosh! I literally read the huge document, and now my brain is fried. I mean, it's an I. It's probably an I state. it's probably <laughs> Illinois. Just be, I mean, the only reason why I say that is because that's where G Fest is. So I assume oh, okay. it's probably the same state, but maybe not. Okay. So essentially, a bunch of people who were selling bootleg copies of uh, like old like Godzilla toys and of posters and those kinds of things are being taken to court over this situation. So it's like 200 lawsuits in one big turbo lawsuit. Uh, I, this is why I need to talk to a lawyer because like I use terms like turbo lawsuit, which is absolutely, <laughs> I think it's like class action or something, but well, class action. Yeah. That's a, I don't know. I don't know uh, what that means, but it is a thing they say in lawyer shows. So, <laughs> so like, you know, I have, you know, not a lot of insight into this, um, but uh, so they have a vested interest in protecting their IP. The thing that I think is very important and needs to be discussed 
is that part of protecting IP is the fan community that is built up around the IP. Uh, and I believe genuinely in my heart of hearts that fan art and the fan community continues on the legacy of a fan culture in perpetuity. You know, yeah. uh, I don't think there are a hundred new fans of Jet Jaguar outside of people being introduced to Jet Jaguar. Like the reason Jet Jaguar was such like a smash hit in singular point is because so many people continued on the love of Jet Jaguar, whether ironically or literally, so that when the property came back, there was immediate iconography recognition. So I think that even on a financial level, fan art is very beneficial to Toho. And even outside of that, you have to look at cases like Matt Frank, you have to look at Dope Pope, who have been legitimately hired by Legendary or by Dae or by like rights holders to do cover art, to do comics, to do like creature designs. These fans are vital to the health and longevity of the IP. And without them, your products don't really have a lot of weight to them in like the marketplace. So I think there needs to be some kind of agreement met there, right? Yes. So here's the big problem. The response to the artist saying, well, then what are we like, you know, what are we going to do to like go and sell there is like, well, you could just get a license. You could just get a day license because that's a thing that like companies allow you to do. I've reached out to artists. Matt Frank even posted about how literally impossible this is for him. Matt Frank, mm-hmm. the guy who Toho hires to do things, <laughs> the guy who has been legally contracted to make art of Godzilla cannot get a day license to sell prints of his merchandise. Yes. So you run into the situation where you say, just do the legal path, but you make the legal path so difficult that it makes it impossible to do. And, and not that to get- isn't beneficial to either the, the like artists. It's not beneficial to the con goers. It's not beneficial to the fan community at large. It's not beneficial to the IP holders. Yeah. And not to get conspiracy theory. I mean, and I'm not trying to like call Toho out because I haven't done the research, but I will say that some companies do actually take advantage of how hard and difficult it is to even approach them and even get the day license because what they'll because they make it so that oh well you're a small time artist you don't have enough money to approach us anyway so yeah you just definitely can't yeah. sell your stuff and it's like it, it makes it it's it's that wall like and uh, you know I I am speaking from an American perspective but I mean that wall exists a lot in America for like not being able to approach things in a way like everybody will say, I mean, once again, I'm not trying to call people out. I'm not trying to say anything specific, but it's the same way that like a rich person will say, Oh, well you should just be able to buy a house when you're 30. Like it's not, Get your bootstraps. It's not Just a big grab deal. those bootstraps and pick yourself up. It's like, no, dude, it, I'm paying yeah. <laughs> so much for rent that I can't save up money. Therefore, I can't even approach buying a house. Like, it's, yeah. there's there's these systems in place, and it works yeah. in all, every level of society, not just even in America, where there are systems put in place to make things difficult for the small guy, for the little person. 100%. To Absolutely. make that jump. And that's kind of what, uh, what I'm trying to get at, like I said earlier, where... This needs to be a dialogue. This needs to be the G community all, including the big artists, rallying together and being like, hey, we want to be able to do this because during the 
10-year you know, gaps that Toho throws Godzilla in, we were what was cr- keeping Godzilla alive in the States. Yes. Like, your merchandise was nowhere to be found from the years 2004 yeah. to 2014. There was nothing. Like, yeah. I lived through it. I know. There was nothing anywhere. There were no t-shirts. There were no side things. There was no art. There was no, like, officially well, licensed anything in America for 2004 and to 2014. even outside of that... You had literally, it was just art and it was just things of 2014 Legendary Godzilla. Yeah. You know, it was just Skull Island toys. It was just maybe some Shin Godzilla figures. But it's like super, it's a small subset. And the thing is, that appeals to a handful of people who went to see the movie. But what I'm talking about is long-term growth, continuous growth, because that's the whole point of like, you know, capital gains is continuous growth. And you just can't do it by putting out something once a decade. No, it comes from consistent activity and a fan culture around that. And we've seen that fan culture can be hostile and toxic and bad. And I've heard stories that JD Lee has stood up for people in the community who have been bullied because they're, you know, someone like a person of color who's a fan or a person who's disabled or whatever. And what I'm saying is take that same kind of passion and that same compassion and mark and aim it towards the, the people who have helped maintain the culture or maintained the IP without the, like the, vanguard of toho yes um and i think that that's something that's very very important not just like financially for uh artists who uh i may personally like you know yeah but also for the continuity of the fandom at large uh so yeah um i I mean there's not like a specific like that's the thing i haven't really figured out exactly and that's what i'm hoping to do with all this like research is find out who do we reach out to what should be next steps? Yeah. What is, like, what is the next thing know. that we can do? And I, and I think that's, that's, that is important. I definitely think we yeah. will, we will, we, like I said, we are definitely going to make something for it. I just wanted yeah. to mention it here on the cast because we made the official statement on Twitter <laughs> and I, and like we officially made the statement during the, the recording of uh, King Kong, the game as well. Yeah. We really talked about it, but Twitter is like, I had to I had to crunch that message, man. I had to like explain everything that I was trying to say in three yeah, sentences. Exactly. So and I had to cut out grammar to do it. <laughs> exactly. So so that's why I really wanted to bring it up here and really specifically talk about the fleshed fact out message. Yeah. That we we are going to come up with not necessarily a fleshed out message for us, but more of a. A, a full detail of like why copyright law is so complicated. What what is fair use? Does fair oh use boy. even exist when it comes to international properties and so on and so forth? And the answer is kind of, kind of, maybe, <laughs> maybe not. Uh, but uh, but yeah. So Rob is going to do something for that. Absolutely, he is. He is actually like diligently working on that. He's been working on it for like I'm doing almost, journalism almost a week and a half now. Um, <laughs> I've been reaching out to people and getting interviews. It's been, I've like, I was like, this seems like something that'd be fun. And then, uh, I ended up just going, it turns out, I thought there'd be like a super simple answer. Turns out, uh, infinitely more complicated yep. because laws, uh, are essentially a system we designed, uh, 200 years ago and have been <laughs> spot welding new ideas onto every decade or so. So it's, yep. it's, it's yep. a Jerry rigged system. Yep. 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 <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, Definitely a complicated uh, topic for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we, once again, we will not be going to G-Fest until 
you know, some sort of work on this is done. Even if, honestly, I would say it this way. If we find out that, you know, there is actually a full conversation that happens and it doesn't end up working out because the copyright law is just too complicated and JD doesn't want to do it. Like we, as will, long as there's that, we will be open to going to G fest, right? Like it's not, yeah. it, we're not like sitting here just like saying no G fest forever. What we are saying though, is yeah. that like from what we know from talking to the artists, including big name artists like Matt Frank, who should have yeah. the in, the in knowledge or the in talk yeah. with said people, there has been no conversation. There's people asking for refunds because they're like, well, I can't go to this convention if I'm not going to make any money from it. And they're not even yeah. getting the conversation back about refunds. So yeah. until that changes, we're staying with, well, we're just not going to go. Then we'll be fine. <laughs> um, yeah. We're busy enough as it is. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we're still saving up for that Japan trip at some point down the line. So, uh, <laughs> but, uh, anyway, all right, guys. So let's, uh, take a quick little break and then we'll come back and deep dive into Peter Jackson's King Kong, the official game of the movie. <laughs> Boy, that's a mouthful. After these messages, we'll be right back. And we are back to talk about Peter Jackson's King Kong, the official game of the movie. There you go. <laughs> uh, Got it. <laughs> uh, a, a, a what I, I'll refer to as a, a soft revisit instead of a reboot uh, 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 for an episode. Uh, uh? Okay. All right. <laughs> um, so. Th- the plot is the plot of the movie. However, there are some slight differences uh, that play out. And fortunately, uh, I've got an expert on the plot here. Kyle. Hey, how's so, it going? Would you mind taking it away for the plot? Sure. So um, the plot is a weird combination of PJKK and Kong 33. Like there's some very... Um, very Kong 33 stuff that happens at the end of uh, the game Um, and some various just like slight changes to the plot because this is a game uh, uh, based on a movie, but the movie had not come out yet. So they basically just did like some rewrites to make it like, so, Oh, it doesn't spoil (laughs) the movie. Um, I mean, there's also probably like, you know, they didn't have the full movie. They probably maybe had a script and they maybe had like, you know, the set like uh, um, in pre-production when you draw like the storyboarding. Yes. They probably had storyboards. Well, they had a lot of there are some things art. that are like they had a lot of concept. Yeah, art for sure. Because we see that yeah, in yeah. the uh, in the extra stuff. Um, so, OK, so basic plot. Um, so the way the game opens, uh, it opens with a FMV of the trailer for PJKK. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, gives us, gives us some good stuff there. Um, some really good, uh, uh, you know, setup for the movie of introducing Anne, introducing Carl, uh, you know, just kind of just once again, it's, it's like if you condense the opening, uh, boat scenes of the movie into like a, yeah. 
<laughs> sequence like a minute long yeah. not even like 30 seconds of just like i'm jack black and i'm looking for a dame all right we got a dame here come to my boat and then <laughs> like all with like that crusty fmv style yes. compressed yes. footage it's very much um so uh, I guess actually some context for the game itself as well before we talk about the actual overarching plot when they're on the island. Uh, this is a uh, launch game for the uh, PS... Uh, well, it's a launch game for the 360, and it came out on the PS2 as well. Uh, and then uh, it had uh, a PC release, which is just the 360 version, but the PC release is impossible to find, uh, just like actually most of the <laughs> other it. versions of this game. Um, and, uh, yeah, it, uh, it also came out on various, like, you know, it came out on the DS and stuff like that, but it wasn't the same as the version that we play, we played for the cast and it's very different, but anyway, so the yeah. plot, so basically instead of, instead of them doing like basically how, you know, in, in most King Kong stories, they go to the Island, they run into the villagers, they go back to the boat, the Anne gets kidnapped or Dwan gets kidnapped, taken to the village, sacrificed to Kong, whatever. Instead, it's kind of a single narrative story event. Yeah. So it starts out with, uh, with our main characters that we follow through the majority of the game. Uh, so we have Jack Black's Carl Denham. Then we have Adrian Brody's, uh, Jack Driscoll. We have Hayes. Yeah. And we have Anne, and then on the other boat that we don't get to see some of these characters, like their actual models, but they are called out by name. There's Preston, Jimmy, uh, 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 Lumpy is on that boat as well, uh, aka uh, Andy Serkis's <laughs> character. But yes. they, when when they're heading towards the island, uh, the rocks of the you know like the the awful like you know ancient village starts collapsing knocks over the boat you're in as you're playing as Jack Driscoll and you oh. and your group uh, that is you Jack Black and Anne and uh, Hayes all wash up ashore and you're like oh I guess we should go further into the island and so you guys all start your trek in the island you see the other boats are still trying to land but you never they never actually can get to land because the surf is too <laughs> uh, too intense uh, so you're, you start heading further and further into the island. You start running into some creatures on the outskirts of the island, uh, which uh, are mostly the insects, uh, like so the scorpiopedes and the megapedes and some crabs, yeah. uh, which we'll talk about the design <laughs> of all that later. Um, but you're heading further and further into the island and you start you get separated from uh, Hayes and Carl Denham. Uh, they, uh, they get separated and they're off on one side and then you and Anne are going the other way. You end up inside get, getting closer and closer to the village Anne gets kidnapped. You get speared in the face, uh, knocks you unconscious. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> then you're tied up and Anne gets, uh, given to Kong. So you're actually outside the wall already. You're like struggling with ropes as she gets taken by Kong. Uh, you get saved by Carl. Uh, apparently he got separated from Hayes. 
you uh, go along with him, and that starts the adventure on the inside of the island. So there's only like four or five characters once you get into the island, which is very different from yeah. the movie, of course. Um, and a lot of different things. <laughs> the movie needed a lot more cannon fodder, <laughs> <laughs> and a lot, a lot, of, a lot of different things happen to you that obviously don't happen in the movie. You run into a lot more dinosaurs. You run into a lot more creatures. You run into uh, some definitely some very different uh, sequences. Uh, you know, like you have encounters with Vistatosaurus rexes, uh, the V-rexes, uh, you have, uh, you know, which I'm sure actually, I know one of us is going to bring up the V-rex scenes, uh, but, uh, <laughs> you, you, you basically have an adventure that's almost completely separate from the movies where you're, you're just trying to survive and trying to find Anne. You're running around, you know, running into creatures while Anne is being carried around by Kong. And then you run into sequences where you switch characters and you play as King Kong, where Anne yeah. will usually get kidnapped by something. Or if it's at the beginning <laughs> of the game, she's trying to run away from you. So something will make you drop Anne. She'll start to run away from you yeah. and you'll have to chase after her, trying to grab her and get her back. Um, <laughs> uh, and so like as Kong, you fight other creatures of the island uh you know it's 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 just it's very um i i want to say repetitive um which i I will talk about again later but it's very much just like it puts you into the skull island that we read about in the world of kong book it's very much like in the art art books like you get to see a lot of like great like ancient uh ancient uh like uh, buildings and like, you know, a lot of overgrown areas. You get to see a lot of cool things like the river that you ride the raft down, uh, like how that's all set up. And it's just, it just kind of gives you a good look at the PJKK skull Island. Um, but, uh, so at the end of the game, of course it, it all starts to boil down. Uh, Jack finally catches up with Anne, um, we get a hilarious death of Hayes that I'll talk about more in a second. Uh, it's very different from the movie. Um, and, uh, eventually, you know, you, you save Anne. It then, so basically the moment that you get up to Kong's, uh, like mountaintop from that point yeah. to the end of the game, you are playing 33 Kong where yeah. you jump off the mountain as Jack Kong starts chasing you throughout the island. As you're running back to the village, you get back to the village. Kong goes on a rampage. They use gas bombs <laughs> to take him down. You go back to New York as Kong, you escape, you do a little tiny rampage around New York and then you cl- beautiful ice, ska- uh, ice skating mini game, <laughs> which is really nice. Unfortunately, that's not there. Uh, once again it's 33 Kong not PJKK (laughs) Uh, you get Anne back you take her up to the top of the Empire State Building you die Um, so there you go (laughs) bing bang boom Um, so like I said so there's because it's more of a limited cast you get like some very interesting changes to the lore for instance uh, Captain Inglehorn is co- constantly flying around the island on a plane trying to find a place to land yeah. so that he can get you and take you back to the boat um, then you also have some slightly different things that happen like for instance the first appearance of the V-Rex in the game actually has the V-Rex kill Lumpy Preston and somebody else uh, that was on the boat Jimmy 
escapes. We don't find out right away. Excuse me. Um, and, uh, (laughs) and, and then we just go from there to just some like little changes. Hayes in the movie, PJKK, uh, gets crushed by Kong and thrown against the wall at the log sequence. Yes. Uh, and in the game, he survives a little longer. He makes it past that scene. Uh, and uh, eventually gets crushed by a V-Rex as the V-Rex is charging after yeah. Kong. He just the V-Rex just steps on Hayes and he's dead. Uh, <laughs> very unfortunate for him. Um, so yeah, so there's there's a lot of little little differences like that. There's a lot of little things that um, that that y- you're playing the game like you you can definitely if you've watched PJKK or the original Thirty Three Kong, you can really see the influences at different points for for stuff that it's doing like you can tell like oh it pulled that from 33 it pulled this from pjkk oh it couldn't yeah. do that because pjkk wasn't out yet and they didn't want to spoil the game or the movie so they just like <laughs> kind of reinvented their own lore um there's actually some really fun stuff if you watch the trailers back when the movie was coming out where uh there's the scene uh where uh, when they're on the beach still it's like in the very first level second level maybe where uh Carl like decides to grab his camera and start filming Anne, and is trying to guide her through acting on the beach. Like you just arrived, blah blah yeah. blah, blah. And then it's literally the lines from one of the the very very first teaser trailer, which is not in the actual film, where he goes, "All right, Anne, scream, Anne, scream for your life!" And she screams, yeah. and then Kong roars from the inside of the island. And that was like the opening of the first trailer for the film. So it's kind of cool to have yeah. like those little moments that are just like oh that's pulled from you know the original trailer or uh, that may be pulled from a different version of the script like maybe the first version of the script that they had and stuff like that um so it's a it's a very like alternate retelling of the the events of the movie when you're on skull island um very much yeah. so um especially if you get the alternate ending <laughs> yeah. yes so there is an alternate ending that you can unlock uh where you Ooh. Play as Kong for a split second. You're on top of the Empire State Building. You're fighting off planes. And then eventually Jack Driscoll shows up in the plane that uh, <laughs> has been flying around the island and horribly, like, putters around. <laughs> and you shoot oh, out boy. the spotlights to give Kong time to escape from the top of the Empire State Building. Yeah. And then somehow you get Kong after, you know, Jack becoming a murderer we for killing it. planes. We did it, Jack. Killing Kong survived. The military. And they see him... <laughs> reverse down the side of the Empire State Building and then smash cut. He's back on the island, boys. Yep. Kong's <laughs> fine. It's fine. He's fine. He's safe. Um, so I'll talk about gameplay and like how, you know, how the game works later. Um, uh, but yep. I did want to give special shout out to the voice actors of the game because it's all the people from the movie. It's the crew. It's literally uh, yeah. every single person from the movie is doing their voice for the game. Cast. Yeah, the cast of the movie. Yeah. They're all, sorry. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they're all doing the voices in the game, which is cool and also very rare for a video game based movie. Yeah. Or, or movie, game based on a video game. Wait, other way around. Yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to confuse that to the day game I die. based off of a movie. There it there is. There we go. Uh, but um, yeah, so I just wanted to yeah. give a shout out to that because, and, and, I, and I do also want to give a shout out to, because the game is kind of an alternate version, uh, you do get some different character moments that are very different from the movie with, uh, specifically with Jack Black's character and how he reacts yeah. to losing his camera uh, when, you, yeah. when you get to that point. 
Um, yeah, there's also the part where Hayes fused to the wall uh, <laughs> and became one with Skull Island. Yep. Definitely some good glitches that we will be happy to talk about uh, later in the, in the review. But um, before we do that, uh, so one of the best things about Peter Jackson's Skull Island was all the different creatures and all the different like uh, like scary creatures and just scary stuff that he created for the movie. Yeah. Um, so uh, a lot of these creatures that are in the game, and there's not a whole lot of them. Uh, that's one thing the game doesn't really have is a good variety of creatures. Like it definitely could have used a few different monsters that you fight. Yeah. But what it does have are directly pulled from all the background lore stuff that we learned about Skull Island yeah. from either the book uh, the world of Kong, which is impossible to find, but it's an amazing read if you can find it. Um, and then, uh, just from all the actual, like, you know, uh, like behind the scenes footage of stuff that they wanted to keep in there. Like if you've seen the extended cut, some of these creatures are in the extended <laughs> cut, not in the, the original cut. Um, so mm. we wanted to go through them. Uh, there's, there's a good yeah. seven or eight creatures total. Um, yeah. so let's go. And I'll, I'll go through them in chronological order. As close as we can. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, So we start off with uh, our characters just barely making it onto the beach and finding uh, that one of all the doors uh, require two people to walk around in a circle, pushing a a small wooden paddle (laughs) uh, across the entire island. That's just how the natives set up their, their island to work. Um, But before you can start opening that door, Oh no, a crab battle occurs. (laughs) Giant enemy crabs. Uh, and these giant enemy crabs show up and they've they're um they're almost like mud crab from skyrim they're you know that black and gray color they've got one big claw and one smaller claw and they come in a variety of sizes some are almost as big as people and then others are you know just like leg sized just leg sized yeah you get you, you get um, your like your first mini boss in that in that first level where you fight you fight a giant enemy crap like a larger one that is about a human size (laughs) um um and yeah i mean you know they're uh i guess that's it they're just they're giant enemy crabs blackish grayish crabs um and then you make your way into the next room uh which unfortunately is not much better because you come across the giant centipedes of the the megapedes uh (laughs) megapedes which are centipedes but the size of a human they are these massive six foot long awful things like 60 legged uh bepincered carapace things uh that have like these big bulbous black shells on the back and then like their underside is a little bit more like gray uh and uh they're awful uh and you can distract them with like little wormy things but they, they, uh, when they're, they're about to jump at you they like start hissing and they like rear up they rear up like a cobra yeah. and then they jump at you from across the room it's Ugh. it's not great it's uh very many deaths for you sure. hate to see it <laughs> uh but we worry not because they have a cousin a cousin in the uh the squirpa uh, which are these six-legged centipedes for the first half of their body, but then the back half of their body arcs up and over, uh, making kind of like a cobra-headed frill. Um, and instead of just having pincers on the back or on the front of it, it also has a pincer on its, you know, curled upward like mm-hmm. tail. Uh, 
And those things also hiss at you and skitter towards you. And it's also terrible. And I just do not like it. <laughs> and so this this is one of the creatures that was cut from the original cut of the movie. But in the extended cut, in the river sequence, they attack in the river sequence and oh, like yeah. come up on the rafts and start attacking the people on top of the rafts. Uh, <laughs> so these are a creature that was kind of brought into this from that. Um, yeah. They're not as big as the, the centipedes. They're I mean, more... I mean... Some of them are. They're still the size of like a chicken. They're still like two to three feet tall. Like they're they're not small, but like yeah, nothing (laughs) nothing on this island is small except the humans. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Our next our next uh, uh, mini boss that we come across uh, are the raptor boys of this this uh, this game. Thanatosaurus. 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 Thank you. Um, And they are you know. They're raptors. Uh, the big difference about them is that they have uh, kind of like tiger coloration, uh, like stripes on their back and like gray bellies. Kind of like help them blend into the thicket uh, whenever you're trying to fight them, which is very <laughs> scary. Um, but yeah, I mean like classic raptor shape, big old hooked claw feet, yeah. big old like grabby There's hands. There's a few, like a few differences from traditional raptor designs that they have. Like for instance, their heads are like way bigger than normal raptors. Uh, yeah, and they've got like these weird. I mean, it's 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 part of the whole you know the lore that we talked about back with when we did PJKK. But it's like these are like raptors evolved, right? These are supposed to be raptors that have evolved yeah. over sixty five billion years. So what it is is like so they've got bigger heads. They they're like their bodies are like kind of different, like like sh- like not shapes, but just like they. For instance, the leaner, lower to the ground, yeah, longer. Exactly, yeah. So like the the rat they like. Can they almost look like they could go on all fours? They kind of have a body like the um, the in- Indoraptor from Jurassic uh, World. Yeah, uh, they got that big old uh, that big old like lopey looking body where they <laughs> could just kind of lope around. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, and they come in two different uh, types as well. There's the there's the variants. Yeah, yeah, the larger raptors and then the smaller ones. And once again, that's pulled directly from the lore of the books. That's not uh, like the little yeah. ones are a different uh, subspecies of the big one. Uh, next, we come across. Uh, I think the bat. Uh, there's a bat attack. Yes, before we get you to do the get to see the. Yeah, you right? get to see the bats first. So uh, these horrifying Nazgul uh, <laughs> jerks. Bewinged uh, chupacabras. They are these mangy. Uh, like naked mole rats where they've got like a leathery, like emaciated body with like gross eyes and big, sharp, like teeth on the front. Um, but then like their front arms are extended out real long and have these, this leathery membrane in them, yep. uh, that allow them to fly around, uh, not necessarily like bats, but because they can like flap and like hover in places like a, like a vulture. Um, and they've got these big old gross like feet that have these hooked like talons that hook reverse like upward mm-hmm. uh, so they can swoop down and grab prey, which they do to Anne very regularly, <laughs> perhaps too often. Yeah. And these are the, uh, the Terrapus uh, Mordax is what they are called. Terrapus Mordax. Um, there's technically also the little the little tiny ones which are called uh volocerat- uh 
uh, and they, then there's the big boys. I thought their models looked very similar. Yeah, they do. I mean, it's basically the same. Wise. They're basically the same model. But yeah. then there's the big boy, the boss version of it, which looks even oh, more yeah. like a Nazgul. Uh, <laughs> it's a big, like, bluish-gray version. Um, yeah. And it's, like, it's got a longer neck, um, and it's... Uh, its wings are bigger, yeah. of course. It's it's got this big, it, fat, gross, like pudgy body too. Um, yeah, it kind of looks like the longer they live, the darker their skin, like the more night hunter they yes. become. You know? Yeah. Uh, their skin darkens as they age. Yeah. These things are um, gross. Uh, they're the they're <laughs> definitely the pteranodons of of the PJKK island, pretty much. Um, yeah and yeah these things are gross looking i've I've always hated them <laughs> uh next something to upset paleo twitter uh is our big old uh v rexes uh these guys are i mean obsessively big old t-rexes their legs are a little bit bigger they're more like uh hunched forward like their their like hip area is elevated above their spine yep. They got tiny little claws, uh, you know, their little grabbers on the front. Uh, the biggest difference is their skull. They have these big, very big, bulbous, like, you know, thick plated skulls with a big nose and uh, <clears throat> massive rows of just exposed, crooked, sharp yes. teeth. Um, and we do get to see a baby at one point, which uh, does look different. They're basically a little bit of a, like darker hue almost like a uh like a light or a dark blue as opposed to like gray and mm-hmm. green um and they've got big old puppy legs versions uh where their paws look r- are really really yeah. big and then their heads are a lot tinier than the adult for, uh variant. yeah they're they're yeah their their feet are definitely yeah like you said the puppy thing like it's like they're they're gonna grow into yeah. those feet um, but yeah, I mean, so, so one of the things that, uh, you know, with the V-Rexes for sure, uh, a very good description of them, but like, uh, uh, one thing I will mention that is interesting, of course, with the V-Rexes is just like the Raptors, these are supposed to be evolved T-Rexes. So these are like the T-Rex after yeah. 65 million years. So what they did is they made it so that like, okay, so the V-Rexes have larger feet than T-Rexes did so that they could actually like yeah. grasp on to the craggly rock like outcroppings of Skull Island. Uh, yeah, they've got bigger, bonier, like protrusions on their head and their scales are very uh, alligator-like. They've got like scoots running down yeah. their back and stuff like that. Um, and, but yeah, their big heads, like with the armor is because, well, the only other predator on the island that is at their same level is Kongs. And of course the yeah. Kongs can hit real good. So <laughs> they evolved a bonier structure to prevent that from really hurting them as much. Um, and yeah. so in now they just need to involve stronger jaws. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so in the game, uh, uh, you know, and I'll talk about uh, some of the moments with the V-Rexes uh, in my favorite moments, but um, yeah, the, they are treated like the bosses of the game. They are, they're definitely, you know, there's the super Morax boss. That's the big blue one, but the V Rex levels and like even levels with Kong, they are treated as the ones that are like, Oh crap, it's a V Rex. We got to run, you know? Um, and that's their, that's their appearance in the game. That's, that's what they're there for. So, uh, but Rob, you've got one more creature, uh, to describe. Oh, I've two got more. Two. two more. Two more. Yeah. I've got the eels, uh, which are these big snake boys. Uh, the piranodon. Um, they've got pr- 
yeah, they've got piranha-like heads, eel-like long bodies with a frill that runs all the way down the back of it. Kind of like if you took like um, a Loch Ness monster, uh, an eel, and a, uh, a piranha and fuse them together. <laughs> yeah. Very interesting, very slippery boys that you fight with Kong at yep. one point. It's very fun. And speaking of Kong, Kong's oh yeah, in this. I suppose that's true. <laughs> uh, he is. It's the Peter Jackson King Kong. He's got the uh, you know kind of like disfigured face from you know a cracked jaw and like cuts and scrapes all over his chest and face. Um, but uh, he's just a big old monkey. Big monkey. Uh, Big monkey with hard life, <laughs> which frankly is becoming Kong's lot. <laughs> Big old monkey. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. Uh, I can't believe I almost forgot Kong. Yeah, technically. <laughs> <laughs> well, his design is the I mean, you know, most yeah. normal thing. Not to... they, didn't, they didn't say... What would a monkey look like after six thousand years of evolution? Not to, they just not to said, quote, yeah, not to quote, uh, you know, my thoughts on PJKK's Kong design back in the day, but I mean, he is just literally a silverback <laughs> gorilla, and that's kind of it. Yeah, um, he had, yeah, he has those distinguishing features like the the crooked jaw and the big slashes on his chest, but that's about it. Um, yeah. So let's move into favorite least favorite moments. Uh, so it's going to be interesting as, as always when it comes to the game, because of course I played the game, Rob only watched the game, but it's going to be, Correct. You know, uh, Rob is going to be looking at it as the kind of like the cinematic, like watch through of like, what is the favorite moment that he had while watching it? Whereas I will talk about <laughs> well, gameplay moment that I really, really enjoy, um, for the most part. I've got, I've got two favorite moments. One is a goofy favorite moment that happens towards the very end of the game. One is a narrative change that you brought up and said, pay attention to this. And I was like, oh, yeah, that is pretty clever. Because yeah. uh, it was my least favorite scene in the in the movie. Yeah. Uh, so let me know. You go when, first. Uh, do you no, want to go, go first? first? Yeah. Oh, perfect. Okay. So I'll do my serious one first uh, because my my last one, my, le- my favorite moment in the game happened at the very, very end. But, okay. So in the original movie, there's a sequence where they are... Uh, they get caught up in the middle of a, a stampede of brontosaurus. See, brontosauri, brontosauruses, <laughs> uh, thesauruses. And uh, essentially, it is. it looks the cheapest of the entire movie. I think it's just like really cheaply done. And like, it's just stampede, you yeah. know? Whereas in this game, what you see is a, a pack of pachyderms uh, slowly moving from you know like the south end of the island up to the north end in like through this like you know valley Mm -hmm. right and it's really easy to avoid them you kind of just like walk alongside them they're just kind of they're you know migrating um and you as a player have to unlock a door uh which involves a fire puzzle uh, which this game does a lot where you're you have to light torches and then throw like a flaming spear to another torch so you light that one so you can light another thing and it eventually leads you to where you can unlock a door in the process of that you upset a v-rex you uh in, in this playthrough we didn't see the v-rex because of a glitch yeah. 
but you attract the attention of a V-Rex and the V-Rex roars in the distance. And as soon as it roars, it changes from you having to mostly just kind of like wander around as these like things are kind of stomping through to the full-blown proper stampede. And suddenly it goes from Jurassic Park to, oh my God, we got to get out of here. Uh, frantic, yeah. like, trying to get away. And that's before the invisible V-Rex even yeah, shows up. Yeah, so, so essentially, uh, yeah, so it's a good description of it. So you're, so yeah, the when you're first heading towards, you're trying to head towards the, to get a torch. Like, yeah, you're moving, the difference is, is you're moving with the brontosaurs moving your direction. So you're walking with them. So yeah, you have to kind of like move them around and there's raptors and stuff, but it's not a big deal because you're just kind of like, Moving between their legs and, you know, like staying in the center until you need yeah. to, you can go. But yeah, when you're the instant that you get the fire to, to a certain point and you're like, you get the, you get the switch, which means that you basically can't fight anything. You get, you get the yeah. little, you you get the lever. Then like you're walking back and actually the, the stampede has stopped at first. So there's nothing there. Yeah. And then, yeah, you hear the V-Rex roar in the distance and then the music like picks up and it's like, and it plays like this really like up upbeat like <laughs> drumming like song, and then all of a sudden you see yeah. the brontosaurus are now moving towards you down like the stampede like so you're heading back the way you came yeah and raptors are still attacking clip, you they're and they're running at full speed yeah. now instead of just kind of moving and it's like super intense and then yeah if the glitch doesn't happen you get there <laughs> you 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 get there and you see Hayes and Carl trying to flag you down trying to be like, come over this way, hurry, hurry, hurry. And then as you're walking out of the the, the fog comes the V-Rex, and you're like, oh, crap, and you have to run to the left <laughs> to get inside while the V-Rex gets caught up to you. Um, See, all I saw was, I, what I got was, you know, very tension building, because I knew there was a V-Rex, because you were saying there was one, and the music was super tense, and we heard the roar, and then nothing happened. <laughs> it was so good. It was so fun. I've never, there were so many glitches. I'll talk about them later, but there were so many glitches in this playthrough that have never occurred to me any other time I've played this game. And I've played this game a lot, <laughs> uh, but I thought it was just hilarious because yeah, I was like, I was like, oh man, it's going to be so cool. Cause you'll see, you already heard the V-Rex and the stampedes coming. I was saying this to them. I was like, and you're going to see the, you're going to see him come and it's going to be such a cool moment and you get there and nothing happens. Oh, it's what a good change. And I change. was like, what? Yeah. Where, where's the Rex? Uh, uh, <laughs> but the game was still acting like the Rex was there because Carl and, and Hayes yeah. were like, oh my God, we gotta, hurry, we gotta, we gotta get out here. It was like, but. <laughs> we gotta go, it's coming. And there's nothing yeah. there and like the music, because and then Kyle didn't run fast enough because the V-Rex didn't show up and then the music cuts out. <laughs> So funny. <laughs> it's just like it's so funny, dude. Well, uh, uh, but anyway, okay. So, uh, oh wait, my goof favorite. My oh, no, goof I wanted moment. to say one more thing about your scene. Just oh. one last thing. Another cool oh, thing sure, sure, in sure. that scene is, yeah, what's supposed to happen. Once again, you get there, and the V Rex is there, and he starts charging at you as you go into the to the, to the little area that you uh, the alcove that you can go into. Uh, yeah. There is also a dead a, pad, a brontosaur there too. So the V Rex got a kill. And it's supposed yeah. to like you know be that's why it was there is because it got the kill. But anyway, what's your what's your what's your favorite uh, the, <laughs> the funny one? My favorite goofy moment. Okay, so uh, towards the end of the game, Kong's running wild, and Anne shows up and is like, "Kong, no, wait, Kong, please." And oh, she God, she's standing there, <laughs> and Kong 
And so the camera is supposed to be over Kong's shoulder and Kong's hand goes down and she gets into Kong's hand and the camera goes back over the shoulder, but it's up a ways. So it's like, Oh, Kong is big and Anne is in his hand far away. And the hand is supposed to raise up with Anne into frame. But if you're just looking at the shot, all of a sudden you see Kong's shadow elevating into the air and you start to realize like, Oh my gosh, they didn't like set the camera angle somewhere. They literally just had the Kong model, you know, in oh. position. They moved the camera <laughs> over here and then they lifted the Kong model and the Ann model with his hand up into frame <laughs> to make it look. They did forced perspective in a video game and it's so goofy to see <laughs> Kong's shadow I just, just I went like, back to it i must return to I my went planet back to it on the stream <laughs> just to see because I, I i saw it whenever you mentioned it but i didn't like really like fully understand but it's it's real funny <laughs> it's real oh funny. my gosh uh it it's is so good and i i know why they did it i know how they did it and i know the purpose of it but it really looks like the this uh uh smoochy or not smoochy uh from the Simpsons, like <laughs> I must return to my home yeah. planet now. <laughs> and he floats away. Um, it's at two hours and uh, two hours seven thirty in the latest stream that we did, the part two. So yes. if you want us to see exactly what we're talking about, it's it's right there, and it is the funniest <laughs> thing in the world. Um, so okay, because it, it's it's one thing, yeah. Because I think the problem is is that like. That that kind of cheat is probably done in gaming all the time, right? Where the angle lets yeah. you just pick up the model. Like you don't need to like make an animation for Kong raising his hand. But they but the, they had to put the where the, light the shot on... is. You just see yeah. the shadow, and it's fine. If they had cut it like a second before, it would have been fine because you wouldn't have seen Kong's feet. But the thing is, is it just yes. like keeps raising, and you just see like the whole shadow yeah. just go whoop. Oh, it's very uh, good. It's so funny. Um, okay, so my favorite moments uh, with um, there's some very specific ones that I'm going to call out, but it's really any level where it is you're playing as Jack Driscoll and you're running away from the V Rex or having to deal with a V Rex because yeah. all of those levels are really well done. They're scary. They're really intense. They don't get old yeah. like the other levels because you're constantly having to keep track of where the V-Rex is. Do I have a spear? Where yeah. are the spears? Or where are the animals <laughs> that I can use to kill to distract the V-Rex? Well, a and- lot of them a lot of them are are rail shootery too so it feels like any of the Jurassic Park yeah. you know arcade games where you're in the, the Jeep. Lost World one specifically I would, I would say the one that was Lost World Jurassic Park where yeah where like you have the you're running away from the T-Rex and you have to shoot it in the specific spots in the <laughs> mouth as you're running away yeah yes. yeah yes yeah. specifically yeah, yeah. feels a lot like that for sure uh the the level that Rob is thinking of is the one I actually stopped Robin Cameron. I was like, guys, this is my favorite level in the game. You guys need to pay attention to this level. No, this was, that oh, was, yeah, after. This was after, but, uh, uh but, uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's, so you're on, so there's a, you find Jimmy and you get on the rafts and you're heading down the river. So there's a level where you're fighting like, you know, megapedes and stuff that are coming on at you from the river. Uh, but, uh, yeah. at the end of that level, you hear the V-Rexes start roaring 
and you have no idea what's going on. And then the next level opens huh? up <laughs> with your whole, like the whole screen shaking and like the, they're roaring and you turn around and on the stream, it was hilarious. Cause I didn't see it the first time I turned, like I knew they came from behind me and I was like, where are they? Where is it going to come <laughs> down onto the river? And so I looked around and I didn't see it. And then literally I died because I turned all the way oh, around yeah. as soon as and you I turned, turned again. right back and it was already on top of me and just bit me once and killed me. And it was hilarious because all like I jumped. I was like, ah, ah. <laughs> um, but anyway, so you're going down this river and you're like, you're grabbing like, you know, bones and stuff and trying to throw it at the V-Rexes when they get close. So they stop because the way the mechanic works is like yeah. you hit them and they roar at you. But if you throw it too they're, early, ow, they'll, catch, they'll still catch back up to you and bite you and kill you. So yeah. you have to time it to where they're like right at you and you hit them and then they'll roar right at your face. But like essentially the whole level is <laughs> a V-Rex on one side of the river and a V-Rex on the other side of the river. And they're constantly like running on, like trying to find a way down to get you. And so, like, one will go up high and one will come down low and try and get you. And then another, the other one will actually end up in front of you because it went up and around. And then you have to turn around and prepare to yeah. fight that one. It's a very good and very tense level. It also leads to the first Kong versus V-Rex's level, which is really good as well. Because um, you come – you go through, a, like, a waterfall and then you see the V-Rex. <laughs> the one yeah. V-Rex that was always going up and around is now in front of you. And it starts to charge yeah. directly at you. And you're like, uh, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? And then Kong falls like right in front of you. And that's, that spawns the transfer of the characters. Um, but all of those levels really, really hang up. And I know like, you know, fans of this cast know me. I'm a giant dinosaur nerd. I'm a giant T-Rex nerd. <laughs> like, so like, obviously my favorite levels in the game are the T-Rex levels, but yeah. it's just, it's very, very good. I think it still really holds up. I think all those levels are really, really fun, really, really interesting. Uh, they really like put you on edge. Uh, like there's one level where Anne is being chased down at the bottom level and you're trying to like keep the Rex away from Anne while also catching up to Anne yeah. so you can pull her up onto the cliff. Um, and I actually got Anne killed one time on that in the playthrough, which was fun. <laughs> Oops, sorry. Oh, 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 she's dead. Uh, but yeah, I thought yeah. that was really, really good. I think that really stands up. Um, and I think those levels are definitely the best levels of the game for sure. Um, but yeah. uh, there are definitely some least favorite things in this game for sure. So Rob, what what you got? Yeah. Um, just as like someone watching, you know, because I'm not playing the game and I feel like if you're playing it, it at the very least, it feels like you're mechanically engaged, if not like emotionally engaged. Um, I would get fully checked out on the Kong chase sequences after the first or maybe even second one, by the time you hit the third and then the fourth and then the fifth one where it's like Kong has to run from part A to you know, point A to point B and you've got th three modes of transportation. You've got his like lumbering run. You've got his swings, and then you got him running on vines and like wall running and doing sick flips. Mm -hmm. And it it looks very mechanically simple. And outside of the swinging, it's there's not like it doesn't like seem interesting yeah. visually to look at, and especially after you do it once. To then do it again, and some of the sequences just drag for where you're spending like five minutes chasing one of the Nazgul because it stole your, 
your little wife. Yeah. And you're like, <laughs> and you're running and swinging and swinging and swinging and running and running yep. and swinging and then like doing a sick wall run. And it's not a fun wall run where you're doing like a sick flip afterwards. You're just like, no. Yeah. And like, it's just clunky enough that you're like, they could have cut this. Yeah. <laughs> they could have done it once or twice. A hundred percent. And that's actually a good segue to to my least favorite thing about the game. Um, so I'll, I'll kind of tag on to yours for this. Um, hey. So <laughs> the game is very much just on the edge of overstaying its welcome. Like, it's it, it's it's... It's fine where it's at. Like it's, I mean, there, there, there are definitely moments of it that are fantastic. Once again, like the, the, some sequences, and honestly, playing as Kong sometimes, you know, if 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 it had just been like, I don't know, three levels less of playing as Kong would have been fine. But the thing is, is that there's mm. just the game does feel like it repeats, and once again, that that boils down to enemy variety and uh, gameplay variety. Like playing as Jack is great. It's like a first person shooter. There's no HUD. There's, you know, like it's, it's really, it feels really like, you know, like, like a very tight gameplay loop. And I'll talk more about that specifically of how the gameplay loop works in the next segment. But th- yeah. it does, it does ride that line because there's only so many times that, oh, it's a, it's a megapede. I know how they attack. I'll throw a <laughs> spear right before it attacks me. You know, like, oh, it's the V-Rex. I know exactly what to do of how to avoid it. Like, oh, it's the raptors. Yeah. I know how to fight the raptors. You know, like there's, you <laughs> learn pretty quickly how to fight each creature. And a lot of them have very similar attack patterns. So like it kind of gets a little dull after like heading towards that sixth <laughs> yeah. hour you really are like, okay, I think I'm done with this game. I think the game needs to end now. <laughs> and it does suck because it is still a fantastic game based on a movie. But like, it's just, it needed some tweaks, I think. It, it needed just a little bit more time in the oven. <laughs> or just a little bit more, a little bit more yeah. variety. Do something unique or something weird with it. Uh, because literally, uh, like, specifically on those like run sequences, you know, chase scenes. It is the exact it's the same, same branches. It is the exact same viney yes. walls, and it's the exact same like platform. Now there is something I have to say about the for, gameplay of those you know. scenes, but I'll talk about that once again in the next segment. But it is, but it is like you're okay. saying. It's it's the same environment. It's the same things. Like they, yeah. they make they change it up one time where you end up in a random lava pit. Oh, and so and that's, yeah, which it was, it was good. That was yeah, because the I liked platform's that. sinking, you have to get jump off the platform fast enough. Like that's great. Yeah, but that's one time out of the you know other hundred. So yeah, um, but yeah, so I I think once again, least favorite moment or least favorite thing about the game for sure is that it does ride that limit of like if this game had gone on for one more hour, yeah, it probably would have fallen. <laughs> down in my rankings like quite a bit like i think i think it would have actually fallen because yeah. I, I on on this re, on this playthrough specifically i really noticed like man i really am just fighting the same things over and over and doing the exact <laughs> same thing every single time um well especially because you're trying to like when you're streaming it it's like all right you know how do i make this entertaining what do i say to yeah. be fun what do i and then it's like oh no like the gameplay loop is too <laughs> tight yep you know it's too like the cycle is too noticeable, Yippers. you know. <laughs> so um, yeah, 
so let's move on to to gameplay and graphics and such um yeah i have things to say about the yes. graphics gameplay wise i'm a little limited except for so some of the interesting let's talk things about the they graphics. do so there's so I want to talk about the graphics of the 360 version, the version that we streamed, and I do want to talk about the graphics of the PS2 version. So, Rob, can you talk about the mm. graphics of the 360 version while I send you some pictures of the PS2 version? Because I have sure. some really good thoughts on that. Um, <clears throat> okay, so I'll say this: that it is, you know, it, it shows it shows its age. It's definitely an early, like you know, a launch title for the the 360. So um, the character models have that like you know, uh, almost like clay-like appearance. Like there's no facial animations uh, when poor Anne is shown front and center. Anytime they have her talking to Kong, uh, they zoom in on that really like waxy face. Um, The models of the monsters, uh, Kong included, uh, look pretty good and I think hold up. Um, They have that problem of early computer modeling where it's like the textures have to bend and stretch to the skeleton so it's very much like you know there's not like you know a you know like a back that's like been created it's like okay you know we have left shoulder blade and right shoulder blade like images and they have to stretch and bend with the character model as it moves Mm -hmm. around um, that's also noticeable when Jack doesn't have a weapon and he has to punch and you <laughs> see his like wrist. hand <laughs> flail in front of the camera awkwardly. It's very funny. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, you know, like the character models themselves have like definitely shown their age. The lighting, however, I think is really nice. Like, uh, it's definitely something where it's like they knew, I mean, uh, up until the New York yes. section, the New York section is turbo you can tell that the new york section Uh, is very rushed like for sure you know the snow looks bad the frame rate drops to like you know 15 to 20 frames a second uh the uh the buildings look really like low poly like not really detailed or textured there's like this bloom on everything to try and i think a simulate like you know winter time lighting but also b cover up imperfections yes you know um so yeah it's it's you know it's a mixed bag when it comes yes. to when it comes so, to it. and but like you know looking at it as like a, a launch title 360 game and not like gears of yeah. war you know where they had a turbo budget to make so, it happen i'm gonna send you know. some pictures because i actually i've been thinking sure. about this for a very long time and i i, I one it was one of the things that i really wanted to talk about when we covered this game because i with the exception of this game's amazing lighting with that exception in mind i 100 yeah. percent believe that the ps2 version is the superior version of this game oh. um i think that um so here's here's some a look at some of the ps2 graphics um sure i did save i thought i saved the oh wow so once again, the lighting is not yeah. there because obviously it's a PS2 version of the game, but the model the, work, it's too much bloom, but the models look so really good because yeah. Wow. Noticeably different. Uh, it's almost got like that. Um, Shadows of Colossus style effect with like the, the, sh- like uh, the monsters are all really clearly defined 
Nothing bl- like yeah. bleeds into the background. Character models are a little bit string beanier and definitely more PlayStation 2-y, but like it pops. Like yeah. they have a distinguished like, look. Here I, I, I was trying to I saved yeah, it, but wow. I, I couldn't find it. So the 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 shot of the V-Rex attacking them from the PS2 that I sent you. Um yeah. there's a shot from the 360 version that I found that I sent to you directly. And it's like literally yeah. the same shot, but it's the difference between the two like graphics. Yeah. Like there's just something it's... about the updated models for the 360, like the texture work and stuff like that, that like takes away from the simplisticness that the PS2 version had that kind of gives a charm to the PS2 version. That yeah. it just loses. It just it's it's all it's completely gone. The 360 version is trying to be next gen, but without the yes. polish. The uh the PlayStation 2 version is the best the PlayStation 2 Exactly. Can look, it's the end you know? of the PS2 era. So this is like the best yeah. of the P the best of the best of the PS2. Mm. Uh so yeah. like uh, one of the like I actually was t- very tempted whenever we did this playthrough. I was like, man, maybe I should try and find like a ROM. Uh, of the PS2 version and and do a stream of the PS2 version over the 360 version, because I mean I grew up hmm. with the PS2 version. Uh, that's the one I played the most. Was I played that a ton, and then later because I didn't get a 360 till way later in its in its lifetime, I was like, oh man, I I you know the 360 version. I remember it had better graphics and stuff. And then I remember bo- getting the <laughs> the game on the 360 and being a little disappointed, like actually being like, this is not the graphics aren't really better. They're just different, and I don't <laughs> know how I lo- how much I like it. Um, yeah, I mean, you can tell like the lighting. There, there's like there's dynamic lighting in the 360 yes. version, which looks nicer. Um, but like. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I've grown very, very fond of PlayStation 2 and PlayStation 1, um, like not remakes, but that kind of like that new retro, like 3D modeling that we're starting yeah. to see a resurgence of in games like Dusk. Well, it's, and, because, um, well, it's because the PS2, like because of especially late era PS2, you know, going that far back, um, you yeah. have the uh, like they knew what they could do later at PS2 yes. with like the models and how much detail they could go into. So they knew where, once again, yeah. they knew where they had to stylize things and, you know, like uh, it, so they knew what they could do and what they couldn't do. And therefore that made them have to be smarter yeah. about um, how they pull things off. Um, so like, once yeah. again, I, I honestly would a hundred percent say from a graphic standpoint, I, would recommend the PS2 version over the 360 version any day of the week. I think it's it's got a style to yeah. it. Honestly, there's some animations on Kong, uh, facial animations on Kong that got lost in the translation. Um, that yeah. I because I, I, I'm scrolling through it right now as I'm talking about it. Well, he's also like the PlayStation 2 version. He has yeah. hair. <laughs> it's not just yeah, a texture. He's got an actual you know? hair, and he's actually a brownish color instead of the traditional black, which yeah. I thought was fascinating when I was younger. I was like, "Why is he brown?" Uh, but uh, <laughs> I think it's really it's 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 a big difference. It makes a huge difference, and I honestly think the PS2 version is the superior of the two. But from a gameplay standpoint, uh. they're identical. So moving on to gameplay. Oh, okay. Um, Yay. So okay, so playing as Jack, um, the uh, the 
the gameplay is as such. So you can carry a gun, and then you can also pick up a spear or a lever or something uh, in addition to that. Um, and I think that that's, uh, that's the basic way to bring it down. It's first-person shooter. You don't have a HUD, so you have to press B, and he'll give you, as I joked about at the beginning of the podcast, he'll give you a, a word of like, oh, we've got three magazines on backup or whatever. He'll tell you how many, uh, relatively how many rounds you have. So it makes it kind of tense at times uh, because you're trying to like, you're like, how many rounds of my gun do I have? And he tells you three magazines. You're like, okay, you have to actually yeah. kind of do the math in your head, just like you would have to do in real life of like, Oh, I've got, you know, three magazines for my sniper rifle. Each magazine has five rounds, which means I have 15 shots, you know? Yeah. It's also just like a fun little immersion. It's very thing, much an immersion. You know? Yeah. It brings you into the world yeah. of the game, like a hundred percent. Um, and, uh, and I yeah. really appreciate it for that a hundred percent. Like it's very, very good. Yeah. Um, it's not, it's not so obtuse. That you can't tell how much ammo you have, but it's it's just kinetic enough that you're like, oh, okay, that's you know, like it. I don't know. It feels cool. There's something to be said outside of just like you know, like oh, it's so immersive. Oh, it's gonna you know, it's it's clear you know, like you're playing a video game. Sometimes it's just like a cool thing, and I think this one is a very cool mm-hmm. thing. You know, yeah. <laughs> Um, and so, okay, so yeah, so you have to, you know, you throw spears, you can catch spears on fire to make fire. Uh, like Rob said earlier, like a lot of the puzzles are burning down bushes so you can get past them to get the stuff. Or there's spiders on the lever, so you have to get food to make the spiders go after the food, so on and so forth. Um, but uh, so that's the gameplay loop as Jack. Once again, it's it's typical first-person shooter Uh with that immersion level, yeah. but it feels really, really good as a first person shooter works re- really well. Um, I, uh, those are, then that's the majority of the game. And then yeah. I have, and then you have the Kong levels. Now as repetitive as the yes. Kong levels get, I will say, even though from a watching standpoint, uh, the running along walls and jumping from branch to branch, it gets repetitive. Yeah. The, like I said, I think, is good yes. because it, it yeah. feels heavy. You feel like you're a heavy creature jumping from yeah. one thing to another because the the controller vibrates in the right way whenever he lands on the branch and grabs it and jumps off. So like the the feel of it is right, and I think the feel of playing this Kong works really really well and giving you that kind of that power that you're missing as Jack. Yeah, um, does work. It works as far as the game loop gameplay loop of the entire game. But there needed to be more variety inside the individual levels, like Rob was saying. I think that's the biggest problem. It's not the actual gameplay loop. It's not the actual gameplay itself that's the problem. It's the... It needs more variety. That's all it is. It just needed yeah. two more enemy types. Even variety of aesthetics. Yeah. <laughs> because like you have that one level with like you're you know, doing the same kind of like swinging and jumping and climbing, but it's in a lava pit. It's like, whoa, you know. Uh, and the fights when you're actually fighting the V-Rexes, even though it's the same V-Rex enemy, you know, in different quantities, three or four times, uh, it they always look unique because you're doing it in different areas. You're in a waterfall, you're in a jungle, you're in a, you know, like you're moving yeah. around. Uh, I think that the reason that like the swinging section specifically kind of like dragged for me is they aesthetically looked the same all four times, yes. except for the one time where you're again in a lava field. Yeah. A hundred percent. 
So once again, I, I think I also do still think that like this game could use a like a remaster or just a re-release. Um, once again, I would love to see a re-release of the PS2 version over the 360 version. I don't think that would ever happen. Um, uh, but uh, oh oh yeah, so that's yeah. So once again, I I, I was like I was like oh I wanted to look at. Uh, I found that playthrough of the PS2 version that I was looking at, and I wanted to say this, and I, I was like, am, "Am I right in thinking this?" Because I've played the 360 version so long um, that uh, I forgot. So remember how we made fun of the level transitions in this version of the yes. game? Oh, the little uh-huh. titles uh-huh. Are so fun. Guess what happens in the original version of the game? Huh. Wait, the original uh-huh. the PlayStation the PS2 version. 2 version? It's actually a what? Transition. It's not a oh, moving to save and it's like they show like a map and like you like it moves where you are on the island oh. and like yeah, I, I'm going <laughs> to try to find a, a good time code to send you so you can see it, but uh while we're talking about audio. Um but it's very it's very much like a, a transition instead of it just being like Oh, move it on to the save and part of the island. <laughs> I know we joked about it a lot, but it's worth joking about. It, it was literally the title chapters were always like, you know, uh, Anne is kidnapped. And it's like, I wonder what happens in this one. Uh, Jack gets punched yeah. in the face. Some of them were very on the note. Kong dies. I think the last chapter is called like, you know, the death of yeah. Kong or something. <laughs> <laughs> it's like yeah sure. yeah i mean yeah, yeah. Let, me, let me send you, <laughs> you i sent you a link to the, the the let's play with the the time code so oh wait no wait did it send the time code no it didn't with the no the time codes don't get they oh, took okay. out that feature for some uh, well, it's, reason uh, which is very frustrating 40 is where you need to transition to because that oh wait no it, okay. it it sent it uh boy oh boy that's yeah. loud just watch watch um, the transition as we're talking about audio. oh this is the playstation Oh, dang it. Hold on. A commercial popped up. But anyway, um, so the PS2 version of the game, definitely superior for sure. Uh, that's not even in any doubt. Um, but uh, I, I really feel that um, the game has really good audio still, uh, regardless of which version you play. Yeah. The, the creature audio, the music, um, It's the, the music is very much just straight, almost straight pulled from uh pjkk uh the the like all the roars and creature stuff is i mean it's from pjkk but it's it's got some really good creature design uh creature sound design the v-rex's roar is very like iconic to me uh more from this game than even the movie um but uh (laughs) it's it's definitely it's really good because it's one of those roars i've I've talked about this on the podcast where you know when you have stuff where like you're you're (laughs) You're, you're, you listen to a movie or you're watching a movie and a character is like freaked out because he doesn't recognize or he's like, oh, that sounds different. That's not, you know, like Jurassic Park 3. Oh, that sounds bigger than a T-Rex when they hear the spinal roar. I always hated that in, in movies because it feels like they never get it right. Whereas in this game, there's a specific moment where you hear the V-Rex roar for the first time and you've heard Kong roaring yeah. the entire game. And you haven't heard a V-Rex roar yet. So you hear the V-Rex roar. You don't even see the creature yet. And you know, wait, that's not Kong. Like, that's definitely not Kong. So you have that auditory thing as a, as a audience member. 
as well as immediately yeah. Jack is like, no, I've heard Kong. That's not him. Like, so there's that really good connection there. <laughs> Whereas in most movies, they get it wrong where they have like, literally they just don't, the, the sound design is just not different enough, you know, or there's always just something slightly yeah. off about it. Like a character in the movie doesn't acknowledge that Mecha Godzilla doesn't sound like Godzilla, you know, like it's like, ah, come on. <laughs> it's a different sound. It sounds completely different. Yeah. Like, if, if that's not what it sounds like, what does it sound like in your universe? You know what I mean? Like, I don't understand, <laughs> but, um, anyway, so I, I think the sound design for me is, is pretty solid across the board. Uh, for especially for a game like this, you know, um, yeah, it's it's very accurate to the movie, and that's all you can really can ask for when it comes to this. Um, but uh, yeah, did you see the did you see the uh, the transition that I was talking about? Oh it's yeah, it's like no. an actual transition. transition. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, honestly, watching this let's play, I a hundred percent agree with you. I think the PlayStation Two is the <laughs> superior version, just off the look of it. I mean, it, it looks, you know, it it's PS2. Older, yeah. Uh, yeah. Know. But like, I don't know. I mean, even the kinetics of like him running, I don't know. It's like it moves faster. It's, well, cause it's moving. Or maybe it's, a, it's I a think it's moving like, at a faster frame rate. Cause it's, cause it's not, cause yeah. it's not doing the lighting effects and stuff. So it's not like it's optimized to be what it is when you're watching it. Right. What, what you're playing right now. This yeah. is what it's optimized. It's optimized to be, you know, 30 frames per second with these effects with this lighting, whereas they trans yeah. when they when they ported it to the 360, they like were like, oh well, we're adding these cool new lighting effects and like character models. We can like put some more texture and make them look wet because it's raining. You know, like they tried to add all this yeah. stuff, but it's like that that sometimes that doesn't work in your benefit. Like sometimes that like actually hurts you because you're trying to do too much on an engine that can't handle that. Um, so yeah. I, I think that's exactly what it is, but. Um, yeah, so I mean, what do you think about the sound? Just so we can keep on on topic. Sound design's good. Uh, I love the one thing you didn't uh, mention that I really like is the kinetic thump of uh, anytime Kong hits anything. Uh, a good bone crunching, good like powerful like wallops to all of his kinetic attacks. Uh, the guns also sound really good. Um, uh, I'll say that the airplanes uh, like, you know, which are, you know, such an iconic like thing did feel kind of like wafer yeah. thin, uh, especially towards like that big climactic final fight, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, it, it, and it kind of feels like that should have been something that, I don't, then again, the rest of like that New York sequence is kind of like, <laughs> you know, like just getting it out the door yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. So <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, wow, they do these really awesome transition sequences. That's so good. Oh, and I love the map. Yeah, too. oh, you got to the yeah. end of the Kong level. Yeah, the, the transition. Yeah, I just watched oh, the, the full thing. Ah, yeah. The PS2 version. Okay, watch our watch our Let's yeah, Play. Get that ROM. To, to get the context of the 360 version, and then go watch the PS2 version on YouTube or just get some pictures of it because it is. Uh, Magnificent Mr. McGee uh, did a, a let's very play. big difference. And I, I, I yeah. used to think I was crazy. Cause I was like, Oh yeah. Like I, I, I thought like, once again, I didn't remember that. I remembered the transitions. And then every time I play the 360 yeah. version, I'm like, Oh, I guess I'm just remembering wrong. But now that I went back and watched the PGPS two version, I'm like, no, there were actual level transitions. It was actually like showing you like transitioning to the next stage. Like it wasn't like loading screen. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, okay, so yeah, um, 
So final thoughts. Uh, we are at that point. Uh, so final thoughts for me. Um, yeah. This game is still, it still stands out of the pack of video games based on movies for sure. Like this game and yeah. Spider-Man games are pretty much like the, the top of the line for those, right? Like these, these are, these are. And Wolverine, oh, Wolverine Origins. Origins. Yes. I always, I Let's not forget. That is a very good game, and it, it, it does it does deserve mentioning. You know, there's the, but these but that's those are pretty much it. Like I mean, you know, the games based on movies is not even a thing anymore. Like that the that that genre yeah. of game has died. I kind of feel sad about it because even though they're always bad, I used to love just playing them anyway. Um, another yeah. good another good too. I should also mention, of course, is uh, Return of the King uh, for the PS2 was fantastic, and also uh, the Episode Three video game was very very good as well. Solid. Uh, lightsaber beat em up game, but um, it, it does stand out for the pack. And like I said, the PS2 version, after doing research literally while we were recording, is definitively the version of the game that I remember. It is the version I recommend. Um, but uh, the 360 version <laughs> uh, is definitely easier to. Well, it's not actually that much easier to play either because uh, well, they're yeah. just as hard to find. So honestly, find the PS2 version. <laughs> play the PS2 version on PS2. You'll enjoy it. You'll have a great time. There you go. Um, <laughs> I, I really do like this game. I love how tied it is to PJKK. I love the uh, like the feeling like you are in the world of his Skull Island is very well done no matter which mm. version of the game you play. It feels like PJKK. It feels like you're in the world, even though the story's a little different, you still feel like you are on the island that they designed for PJKK, which in my personal opinion is one of the more distinct and interesting Skull Islands. Yes, we do have the new one in the MonsterVerse, which is interesting as well, but I think this one has such a unique, dark, gross, gritty feel to it. Um, that I, it just, it stands out from the pack for me and this game does as well. Um, I still have a blast playing it. I have no explanation for all the glitches that we ran into that were hilarious. Uh, the only thing I can think of is maybe I need to reinstall the game on my <laughs> 360. That's decades old. That's probably about to die. Um, uh, but, uh, you know, it was still really fun. It was very fun to play it with you guys. So I was finally, it was fun to show Rob finally, cause he had never played it. So it was fun to actually, yeah. like, you know, show him what I was talking about back on the PJKK episode when I brought it up for the first time. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I still really enjoy this game. Uh, obviously if you have never played it, uh, I highly recommend, you know, if you are a giant monster fan or just a King Kong fan and you've never had a chance to, t uh, to play it, definitely look up a let's play, maybe ours. If you want to check out the PS2 one, uh, like I agree, like definitely check out ours and then go look at the PS2 version <laughs> of the same level and be like, Whoa, it does look better. Um, but, uh, yeah, a high, high recommend from me, but once again, with my negatives, it does ride that line towards the end of the game of, if you had done two more levels and it had been the exact same thing, you would have been in trouble, <laughs> like for me personally, I would have been like, eh, maybe not as good as I remember, uh, but uh, yeah, it's still, it's still, you know, it comes in brisk, five hours, six hours, maybe, um, I think it's still great, I think it's still fun. <laughs> Um, yeah, I agree. I think it, you know, it looks like a pretty fun game. Honestly, I have wanted to dip my toes into the realm of like getting back into like older PlayStation, you know, PlayStation and PlayStation two era games, uh, in, uh, uh, yo ho fiddle dee dee kind of ways. <laughs> um, and, uh, I 
think this PlayStation 2 game might be on that list. Uh, it just it looks very good. And like having watched Kyle play, uh, you know, the 360 version, it definitely like inspired me to want to go out and play this. Uh, and if there were uh, some uh, legal and easy ways to do it, I would definitely recommend that. Um, it's fun and i like the slight tweaks to the narrative that they added uh i think that the uh we did it gang we saved kong (laughs) alternate ending is very funny very goofy but uh also heartwarming i think everyone wants a good ending every once in a while um and yeah i think uh it's worth giving it a look-see Well, everyone, that was us talking about PJKK, the official game of the movie. Uh, We uh, had a good game month. Uh, We had Clifford in the middle. So now we are looking forward to December. So in December, what we have going on. So first up is going to be Camp Cretaceous Season 4 Special Report. First thing at the beginning of the month. Uh, Me and Coleman will be handling that easily. uh, And it will be very, very fun to jump back into the world of Camp Cretaceous. Um, Moving on from there, we will have Fan Month. So uh, first up will be a, a fan vote. Uh, from our patrons uh, suggesting uh, episodes for us to do. And then uh, Rob will also have a uh, signals in the middle of the month. Yeah. Uh, And then finally coming out around Christmas for you guys uh, will be a second episode of fan month, which will be us, the Tokyo lives crew putting up a movie for vote. You guys will vote and determine what we cover at the end of the month of December. Uh, it's gonna be a lot of fun gonna be gonna be a really great time super excited (laughs) uh for fan month super excited for camp cretaceous season four uh but yeah for now and are any of us excited for 2022 uh well (sighs) you know we we got we got we got we got we got dominion uh, so that's uh what's some, yeah what's some good news let's talk about some good news from <laughs> we, 2022 we got dominion uh, coming out we got a jurassic park <laughs> movie that we'll have a special report on so that's fun uh, oh, yeah. but uh, other than that go. yeah who knows anyway uh so okay <laughs> uh last thing i need to mention or going into uh, the last thing I need to mention is uh, yes. we are heading towards Christmas, which means our patrons are about to get their T-shirts uh, on the way to them. Oh my yes. gosh, guys! These T-shirts, ah, uh, I love them so much. I again, I and I've hinted at this multiple times. I guess I can start dropping hints in the in the Discord chat uh, what the shirt is exactly. But uh, to clarify. Uh, starting like it, next week, I will have wanted to do this t-shirt design for two years <laughs> and it is finally coming to fruition. It was a, a vision, an image that I had in my mind and Eric Schuster brought it to life. Uh, uh, he put some teasers on his Instagram and on his Twitter account a little while back. And he started up his, uh, his little short story, uh, Kaiji soothsayer, which is a minia focused story that is so good and so wholesome. You definitely need to check it out. But also for the super sleuths out there, you can find some hints about what this t-shirt is yes, on there. You can. It's true. So, uh, yeah. So I have sent messages to all of the patrons that are in this reward tier, uh, on Patreon. I have heard back from most of you. I think I'm only missing a few, uh, people, 
uh, to confirm uh, their their address and their shirt size. Uh, if uh, I do not hear back from you by the end of November, uh, if I do not already have an address for you, you will not be receiving a t-shirt. If I have an address for you, I will go ahead and send it to that previous address with your previous <laughs> t-shirt size. If it's too small or it's a different address and you miss it because of that, that's all on you because I've already messaged you. So please, all of our patrons listening, Please check your messages if you are in the $15 tier. As I said, I sent out the messages. I do need to hear back from you guys. And I really want to get these t-shirts sent out very, very, very soon. So like I said, end of November is the cutoff date. Uh, like I said, if I have your address, I'm going to send it to that address with the with the size that you sent me last year. If I don't have your address, then I can't send you anything. And it's just going to – you're not going to get a shirt this year. Um, there's nothing I – some random person <laughs> moved into one of our, our patrons' old apartments or something. They're just going to get a t-shirt with <laughs> that we're gonna image. Get, we're going to get an just email like, from them, and they're going to be like, what is this? <laughs> Excuse me. What a marketing yeah. campaign. <laughs> anyway, uh, but yeah. So uh, also, of, as always, uh, two seconds. Let me pull up our Patreon list. Yeah. Okay. So, Hacking into the system, <laughs> so into the grid. thank you to all of our Patreons behind the mask. Thirteen, thirteen. C. Stafford, Kayla Talley, Damon Noyes, David Destroya, Joe Jira, Jonathan BBQ Nerd, Joshua Gilland, Julio Kyoitoshi, Melissa Carter, Nugget Coon, uh, William Kelly, Alex Arboro, Big O Dilio, uh, Cool Man Cottenham, Jesse Hickman, Uis, Nathan, uh, William Kish, Jack Horowitz, Nicholas Whale, Taylor Ward, Chris Britt, and Eric Schuster. Once again, thank you guys so, so much for supporting the cast. Uh, Cameron is not here, so Rob, <laughs> do you have a 1375 for us? Yeah, for 1375, um, I will uh, dress up in a skin-toned uh, smock, uh, and I will take you to uh, a deserted island. Uh, here in Austin, where there's one uh, out in uh, Ladybird Lake, um, and uh, you'll have to take me on an escort mission all throughout uh, uh, the the island with a variety of uh, collectibles and uh, destructible icons. Uh, you will have to carry me in the palm of your hand, however. Uh, so I hope you've uh, been doing some bench presses, uh, and. Uh, uh, eventually uh, I will run away from you uh, from time to time scared uh, and you'll have to pick me up in your hand again and put me on your back. Uh, but eventually uh, we'll come to trust each other and uh, we'll form a, a close bond and uh, go ice skating at the end <laughs> before you're tragically shot to death and thrown <laughs> off of a building. You know what? I would avoid this 1375 if I'm being frank. Oh no. All right. Well, at Tokyo's cast is our Twitter. Uh, search Facebook. You'll find Tokyo's on there very easily. Tokyo's podcast.com. Our YouTube is at Tokyo's uh, podcast. Uh, so that is us on Tokyo Lives. You'll find all of our latest streaming as well uh, on there. Um, including this stream as well as a bunch of Metroid and super Godzilla that we did last time. Um, 
TokyoLizPodcast.com, like I said, is our website. Uh, Rob will be putting together either an article or a video uh, talking about some of the G-Fest stuff. So if you are interested in that, that is where that will show up as well. Um, but yeah. uh, other than that, guys, I uh, hope you guys enjoyed us talking about PGK- PJKK, the official game of the movie. I'm going to say the whole title every single time. Uh, and uh, <laughs> yeah, so look forward to Camp Cretaceous coming up next. Bye, everybody. Yeah. Bye, everyone. Good evening, everybody. This is Editor Kyle here. So, uh, turns out, uh, between uh, recording this episode and releasing it to the public, of course, uh, we got a updated schedule uh, for what we are doing in December. Uh, is specifically uh, the movie Rumble, uh, which is the uh, like kaiju wrestling. Uh, kids movie that uh, got taken off the slate for the end of this year got re-added in the middle of December so what we are doing is uh, we are going to have basically just two special reports and a Tokyo and a signals uh, during the middle of the month um, so uh, we are pushing fan month back to January uh, because we do need to cover rumble when it comes out on streaming um, so yeah so hope you guys enjoy uh, December's uh, episodes. But yeah, we are pushing Fan Month back one month.